0: Guilty of 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 looking at Christmas, you know. We go to we do a lot of things with the family during Christmas. We go to the celebrations, Yule time celebration, and all kinds of things. and 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 sometimes I get guilty of um, having a heart like an old hat. (laughs) You know, you just. Now, I don't want this heart looks like an old hat. I don't. I really don't. But then I, 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 I struggle with those things. I want to, I want Chris, as we're talking about the centerpiece, and this, this Jesus is our centerpiece, I want him to be the centerpiece of my life. And I strive for it, and, and, I, and I often struggle with it. Not that I don't believe it, not that I don't take it in, but yet there's so many other things that want to distract me, including myself. So if some of you are struggling with really looking at Christmas for exactly what it is, you're not alone. The problem is Christmas is not an old hat. It, it, it may be a little two, over 2,000 years old, but it is as brand new as new can come. Because every time we open up the Word of God, no matter if it's a a wonderful story of Jesus' birth, or wherever it's back in Genesis, wherever it's at, it comes alive to us. Amen? I mean, it just absolutely can come alive to you. And a story you've heard all your life can start to form in in a different way. And you start looking at it, and you take the old hat off, and you put on something new. And the Holy Spirit says, I'll join you. I'll join you. I'll lift your spirits up. I'll prove to you. I'll give you confirmation. I'll prove to you over and over again how much Jesus loves you. I'll just continue to keep doing it. And I'll I'll bring things in front of you. And and sometimes you you get tired. But I'm going to tell you something, Paul. If you'll just keep focused on me, I'll lift you up. I'll lift you up. And that birth that we, we'll talk about a lot next week, and it just, it just lifts me up. But if I let the world climb into my life and circumstances and things like that, then I start to push that wonderful baby away and I start bringing in the things that I don't need to bring in. And pretty soon... I put the old hat back on and it devours me. How weak we are. Isn't it strange how weak we can be? But God has given us his word that we can look at it, trust it, live our lives by it, and encourage us through every word. In this message today, it's called Raising Jesus. And we have, this church is mainly young people today and this church is just full of young people and all of you are raising kids and you're doing wonderful jobs with them. But it's a difficult time to raise children today with all the technology and all the distractions and circumstances that go on. But God wrote it down that we can follow His parents, Mary and Joseph. And watch what they did. We can fill in the blanks some. One of the things I want to talk to you about today is, as we look at Jesus being always being the centerpiece, is that Mary and Joseph were devoted parents. Amen? They were devoted to exactly what God called them to do. And Joseph, my goodness, a, a man that had to have trust and faith in Mary to believe what she was telling him, then also in his dream with God. Not, not an easy thing to do. He had distractions. He had everything going on. He had to leave his, his home in Nazareth and go all the way to Bethlehem and travel, put together the finances and, and the way he's going to take care of his pregnant wife and all that, or not even his wife, but take care of all that through there. Man, that was a, that was a, 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 a tough ordeal. That was a lot of distractions. And then when they get there, there's no place. It's like, God, where are you? And he's right there with him. Right there with him all the, all the time. We're going to take up today as we was in Luke last week and when Jesus was 12. We're going to back it up a little more. We're going to take up right after Jesus was born. And you're going to look at a, at a wonderful lesson here that... Uh, about devotion. Mary and, let me see, eight days after Jesus was born, they, they circumcised him, just exactly like the Levitical law told them to do, just exactly like the Word of God told them to do. And then 40 days goes by, and they're going to take, and they're going to take his ba- this baby Jesus, and they're going to dedicate him in the temple. We call it baby dedications today. Where, we're being, where parents and grandparents come up and, And we dedicate your babies. And we dedicate them that you will raise them in the Lord and that the church will help raise them in the Lord. And we dedicate it. It's a ceremony that we do. And we didn't think it up. It was done first when you see it through Jesus. And they were devoted to do that. But today, we're going to look at a a life of Anna and Simeon just for a few minutes. And look how devoted they were. And what they went through. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, lift our spirits, Father, lift our hearts. Encourage us, Father, that we may encourage others. Bless this message, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's see, if we get started here. I'm not doing nothing, guys. There it is. I'm not on the screen here. Don't make me put my glasses on. I'll tell you what, I'll just come down there. I like coming down here. How can a person, us, how can a person create a space within their lives where the Spirit of God can awaken the wonder of Christmas? Now, we talked about the old hat. How, how, do, how, do, you, how do you do that? I mean, we're... Not, not 2015 is not like 2016. The 2016 is totally different than 15. Well, one way we do that is that from 2015 to 2016, I should be changing. I should have changed. I, I am not the same person I was in 15 as I am in 16. I'm growing in Christ. I'm changing. So everything about my life is changing. And so I get to understand who God is in my life, I get that relationship another year, another 365 days more to learn about this relationship that I have with Him. That's a, that's a, that's a exciting thing. Isn't it? everybody happy with that? Isn't it good? Go ahead, please. When obedience and devotion turn to proclamation, praise breaks out. See, when you're, when you're devoted, when you're devoted to the centerpiece, to Christ, you proclaim it. And the proclamation, that means you're, you're shouting a, an act. of You're doing something. And you're letting people know. And that's what we'll see today through Simeon and Anna. They were proclaiming what they saw, what they knew to be true. And they were doing it through faith. They were doing it through understanding who God is. They were doing it because they're not the same people they were when they started down that journey. They're getting closer and closer to God. And the stories of of the Old Testament that they would live by weren't something that just happened a long time ago. It was the way they lived their life. It was the instructions to help them live. And they knew they couldn't depart from that. Or the world would start to slip slip in, and so would Satan and start to devour you. And this is Anna. This is one one verse from Anna that we're going to spend most time with Simeon. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord. And as an older lady, she's been, to her, she's been a widow for several years, and she stays in the temple night and day, fasting and praying is what the Scriptures tell us. She's devoted to God. Not only that, she's devoted to the temple. We call it the church today. She's devoted to it. is not something that she, she, she does. It's something who she is. There's a true difference. Church is not something I come to. It is part of my life. It is part of my life. Just like God is everything in my life, with the church and all the people in it, you are part of my life. Some of you may not want me in your life, but I'm here. And I don't want some of you in my life, but you're here. We're together, amen? We're together. And it's important that we're devoted to what God has called us to. And if he's called you to a particular church, you need to be devoted to that church and to those people. And when you're devoted to that, things change in your life. You see things completely different than ever before. And Anna's devoted. And she's not only devoted, she's devoted in praying and fasting for the people. They're looking for the Messiah to come. They want that Advent. They're looking for this complete change in Israel that's going to change the whole entire world. I mean, they, it's like we look to the second coming of Christ that's going to change everything. They're looking to the first coming of Christ that is going to change everything. And they start to show their devotion. And coming in the instant, they gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. For all those who looked to, to understand they needed a Savior. She spoke clearly to them. She continued, "Would do it." You know, every time people come in the temple, guess what she's talking about? The Messiah's coming. Amen. And when we go out, we should be talking about the Messiah is coming. He's coming. And I should have the same devotion as they had. The Messiah is coming back. I'm devoted to that. I'm devoted. I'm trying to spend my life to being devoted to that. I don't ever even want to retire. I just want to keep on as long as God will let me. Just keep on, keeping on. Devotion—it's an important part. Jesus didn't come with an instruction. Everybody, when you, where's Josh and uh, Tabitha? the they back there? Josh, you guys got probably the young I don't know, they have the youngest baby in the church now. We got so many babies, I can't keep track of it. Did I know that was your first child, right? Did an instruction book come out with that baby? Did Noah come out with an construction book in his hand? He didn't, did he? And I know you two are godly people, and, and you're, you're really, I know you're devoted to God. I know you're devoted to your marriage. I know you're devoted to your child. And so when you're devoted to something like that, you understand that you, you can learn how to raise this child, even without an instruction book that came with him, but through the Word of God. And I believe you're both devoted. And I believe believe a hazel there. I believe you poo right here. I believe you're devoted, raising her the best way you can. You spoiler good. You're devoted. I believe that that Cole and and Leah back there, you're devoted to Henry, aren't you? You're just just devoted to him. You're good, wonderful parents. And all the rest of you, you're good, wonderful parents. And I commend you in this time of in the age that we're in, that you continue and the way you're treating your children, and the way you're growing them up in Christ. We are blessed as a church because of that. We are blessed. You know, I, I talk about it, we have so many young people, so many babies in this church. When I go to other churches, they don't have them. We are so blessed to have you. So blessed to have you, young people. And I know John Blackwell, he and complaints about the babies, I know. Don't pay no attention to him. We don't. I hear you. Jesus didn't come with an instruction book, and yet through obedience and faith and devotion, Mary and Joseph they succeeded, didn't they succeed? Now there were things that were going to take place we were going to break their heart, especially Mary, because Joseph. We don't read about him anymore after after last week. After Jesus was twelve years old, we don't read about Joseph anymore, so he had to have passed on. But Mary continues. And so a lot of things would happen with Mary, over and over again. But she always kept it in her heart, and her devotion never changed. The one who stays close to God does not have to guess about God. Amen? I mean, that's one of the main things I want to teach you today, is the one, the, the, the family that, that's devoted to God and to their, to their children you don't have to guess about God. And when we go to the Scriptures in a few minutes, you're going to understand that Joseph and Anna, when the Messiah walked into the door, they didn't say, you think that one's it? Hey, Anna, come over here for a minute. You think that one's it? Well, let's just proclaim that this baby's it. I'm getting tired of waiting. I've been waiting for 50 years. Let's just, let's just get this done. They didn't do it that way. They were patient and devoted to exactly what God says. So we don't know when Jesus is coming back but I'm not ever going to give you a time because I don't know. But I'm going to be devoted as long as the days I breathe. Because I know whether I'm alive or at home, he's coming back. Amen? This is a lesson about being devoted to the centerpiece. It wasn't just an ordinary child, although we can still teach our children just like this. This was God himself. And Simeon, a man of God, Spent his life in the temple, and somewhere along his life, he was going to—he was uh, either in a dream or a vision. He had an understanding of who, of he was going to recognize the Messiah, and then God would take him home, and it was going to fulfill a lot of prophecies. And so Simeon had a had a—he he was ready to go. He wasn't concerned with the things going on around him so much. He was ready to go home. He was—he was ready. And there's some things about Simeon I want to wrote down this morning. I just want to kind of go over. He, my hope, his hope and my hope is in Christ. When I live a righteous, devoted life, my hope is in Christ. Amen? If I'm not living a righteous and devoted life, then my hope starts to stray and it becomes in, I, I'm, I'm hopeful in the things that I can accumulate. But when my hope is set right, my righteousness, and I'm devoted to the centerpiece, things work out much better. They ever got much better. I got one. Just stop for a second here. I can't tell you how important it is. I, I don't know how to stress it any more than what I'm going to tell you. How important it is to stay close to the church. Whether it's the crossing or any other church that's preaching the word of God, I cannot, I cannot, I don't have enough words. Except, especially the ones that are coming out of of areas in their life that are they're deep into sin. And we all are deep into sin, but some are coming without, out of things that, are, that, are, that have tried to strangle them to death. Outside of the church, you will not find what you're looking for. Outside of Christ. And when I say the church, I'm talking about Christ. Outside of Christ, you cannot fulfill what he was created for. You can try to fill it up any way you want to. What breaks my heart, and I've said this many, many times, I'll continue to say it, almost more than anything, is the people that come in and through this church, and other churches, that want to change their life for a couple weeks. And they're satisfied with that. And they run off back to where they came from, back from the insanity that they left and they'll run off and back to whatever they want. Oh yeah, I believe, I believe. You'll hear that story over and over again. Let me tell you something, you don't believe. Because when you believe, when you truly believe the way the Word of God clean tells us to believe, you're devoted to Christ, amen? Now I know people backslide. I know things happen, please stay close to god proclaim who he is in your life make a proclamation to all that are around you and live that life and i can promise you from the word of god your life will change who you were will not be who you become you'll become a different person in christ do you believe me you know what i can say you know i've seen so many of you change I've seen so many of the ones that that say, okay, where I was at did not work. I'm not going back there. I'm going to stay here no matter what it looks like, no matter what it happens to me. I'm not going to be a baby about it. I'm going to stick this out, and I'm going to continue to to be devoted to God. And I can promise you, you're going to have a persecuted life. You're going to have a life of trials and temptation but you're going to have a life that becomes the most peaceful life imaginable. Amen? And you'll see God all the way through it. He will never leave you. Now, I can imagine these 40 days as Mary and Joseph were going to be obedient to God and trust Him. I can imagine they were starting, the things that happened that day of the birth were starting to slip away from their mind. Now, see, the wise men, they're not there yet. They haven't showed up. There's going to be a while before they show up. It was the shepherds and, and whoever they proclaimed that night who was there that morning or that, whenever that time was when he was born. So I can imagine they were, they were saying, we're going to do exactly what we know to do. We're going to raise Jesus. We're going to do it according to God's word. No matter what it takes, we're going to pay attention. And they did. But I can, as they were heading to the temple, can you just see the conversation with Mary and Joseph? Will they recognize who he is? Should we say anything, you know, the temple of Be- uh, Jerusalem was five, six miles away from Bethlehem. Did they even notice? Did, did the word get over there? What happened? And when they get there, they're going to have confirmation of exactly what they're doing. Because God does not leave us alone when he gives us an assignment, does he? He's never left me alone. When he, when he opens up my ministry and opens up a door, he doesn't just say, push me through and say, ha ha, have at it. He goes right there with me, Always. And he provides, and he gives confirmation over and over again. You know what the one of the greatest things of of my Christian, of my ministry was, was when I quit looking at people. When I quit looking at people and what they were doing or what they thought, when I just quit focusing on people and I put my focus upon God, peace came in. Amen. Peace. A peace that, is, that the world cannot know. Because I, I quit being concerned. Maybe that's not the right word. I quit being zealous for exactly where you're at because you've got to work that out. I'm just here to help you. I'm here to tell you the truth. You've got to work out your own salvation. Amen? Isn't that what the Word of God says it? You've got to do it. It's between you and God. I'm working out mine. I'm dealing with it. I'm fighting over it. I'm working with it. But you have got to stand tall and work it out. And when you're devoted to the centerpiece, it can take place. And in verse 25, it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just. In other words, righteous. Righteous. And devout, in other words, devoted, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Waiting for that peace, that change that was coming. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now let me get you right there. We're going to read about the Holy Spirit and the Spirit three times here in these few verses. So the main emphasis in the next few verses is the Holy Spirit. Amen? Don't you ever underestimate the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit being upon you, your ministry is doomed. The Holy Spirit is what moves us, motivates us, encourages us, and opens the doors. It's the Holy Spirit that that you can damper down in your life and you put the old hat back on. It's the Holy Spirit that lifts me up, changes me. The Holy Spirit is so important in my life. It's part of the Trinity. He's my God. I never want to underestimate what the Holy Spirit does in my life. And we often talk about Jesus and God a lot more than the Holy Spirit. but The Holy Spirit is the helper that He left with us. That moves into our lives. That allows the foolish men and women to, to proclaim God. And we don't, we don't become foolish anymore. We become righteous and devoted. Verse 26, it says, And it hath been revealed to Him by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit revealed things to him because he needed to fill up with prophecy and needed to understand what was taking place. We get revealed through the Word of God today. When I open up the Word of God, when I start to prepare sermons, I'm revealed things through the Word of God. Amen? It comes alive to me. Now I'm devoted to it. See, so, you know, what happens to people that come through the church, they're not devoted to the Word of God. They're not devoted to the centerpiece, so it just didn't work out for me. I think I heard Jane Fonda say that many years ago. She started going to church. She was there for a little while. Said, so, "Well, that Jesus stuff just didn't work out for me." Well, no, honey, it's not going to work out for you unless you allow God to change you. Amen? Amen. We got family members, or former family members, that think we're a cult. You know why? Because we lift God up, and not each other. Because they don't understand that Christ is first in our life. He's the centerpiece of our life. And I believe it tells me we're going to be persecuted over and over again, doesn't it? So praise the Lord. You can think whatever you want to think, but I know the truth. I'm devoted to God. And if that means my life looks different than yours, well, amen, because it should look different than yours, because I'm not devoted to the world. I'm devoted to God in the centerpiece. Amen? We need to look different. We need to look. It's called set apart. It's called being holy. And as they Mary and and Joseph came here and they they meet Simeon first. And it tells us about here in verse 26 And he had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. So he was ready. I mean, this older man, I mean he's ready to die. He's ready to go home. He, he's not so devoted to the world. You can see here by these words, he's devoted to God. So devoted that he's just kind of over the world and ready to go home. So in verse 27, so he came by the Spirit. That's three times in these few verses it talks about the Spirit. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. In other words, he's coming to church. He's prepared for what's going to take place that day. He doesn't know if this is the day he's going to see the Messiah, but he's hopeful. And he knows it's going to take place because he believes the promises of God. Over seven thousand promises, seven thousand four hundred some promises in the Word of God. He believes in them. His life is based upon him. He's devoted to it. He's not shallow with it. He's got past the pull and the gravity of the world and sin, and he's heading closer to Christ. In verse twenty-eight. Let's go back to 27. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, what, the baby, right? Tabitha and Joseph, uh, Tabitha and uh, Josh back there, they bring in little Noah, it's just a baby. It's a baby. That the baby doesn't, can't talk, it can't say, I'm Jesus. You know, when you can look at parents, and parents will, they'll say anything sometimes. You're, you're paying attention because you're devoted to God, and you know God will guide you. And Simeon is absolutely, positively ready for it. His prayer life is good. He's spending time with God. He's got a wonderful relationship. He's not out there sinning every five minutes. I heard of a deacon in another church close by that cusses his head off. Let me tell you something. If you still got problems cussing your head off, you got a heart issue. Amen? You got a tongue issue for sure. But you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be nowhere near that. Now, as a, as, a, as a new Christian, someone growing, these things will be taken away from you. As you devote your life more to Christ, sin starts to disappear from your life. You start to recognize of the salvation and what the cross was all about. And you understand the centerpiece. And that's who you're heading to. So he comes in and There's Mary and Joseph, and there's this little baby. Now, people go and take babies to the temple all the time. There could have been a a whole lot of people in there. It's a a lot of people in Jerusalem. And they're all Jews, and they're dedicated, and they're taking their baby in to have dedication done. Where my dedication baby went. There it is. They're taking him in there to, to proclaim they want their baby dedicated to the Lord. And so he's used to seeing babies. He's used to seeing mothers and fathers with smiles on their face. He's used to seeing this. But something stood out that day. Something profound. I mean, so profound that this man is about to, to sing a song, a psalm in the next few verses. And in verse 28, he says, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. In other words, he grabbed little Noah out of Tabitha and Joshua's hands back here, and he takes him up because he knows that this is the Messiah. He knows who this baby is. He doesn't have to to hear from the parents. He already knows. What a devoted man. You want to say, well, I want to look up to somebody? Look up to this man. I mean, this man was devoted. You say, I want my faith to be like somebody? Well, just try grabbing this faith. It was wonderful faith. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. He's believing the promises of God. And he knows that now that he has seen the Messiah, he's going to proclaim the Messiah. And he knows he's going to be let go to go home. Wow, what wonderful faith to know that you can die and that you're dying and you have such peace about it. Such devotion about it. You know, man, I know I'm dying here, but whew, what I'm about to see, I have never seen. I can't even, under, even get, grasp it in my mind what I'm about to see. Wow. That's his attitude, that's his mindset. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Salvation, that's a funny word for a man to use when he's just picking up a baby, isn't it? See, he, he was so devoted to who God was in his life. He was so understanding of who God was. He didn't have to guess about what God was doing, amen? He didn't have to say, well, I guess I think God will do this or do that. No, he was totally devoted to God, and there was no guessing game involved. He knew he knew it so much, he put his reputation on the line. He put everything on the line. How many babies do you think he picked up and said, and said this? For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. He did one time, one child, one baby, and it was the baby Jesus, 40 days after he was born. Now you think that, and you just think back about Joseph, Mary, and this man that they, they may or may not know. Most likely they don't know. But they're looking back and you see them looking at each other and say, huh. you can just see them fall into the knees because confirmation. Even though they may not have needed more confirmation, but that God was blessing them with letting them know that other people knew who this baby was. He just doesn't leave us alone, does he? He continues to bring people in our lives that helps us. That helps us with our faith. With our devotion How many times God has brought people in my life that have helped me in the tough times of my life, the confirmation that I needed at that exact moment. The confirmation could be a funny thing. Some people want to have confirmation about anything and everything they see. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you a little list here. If you're devoted to God, if your prayer life's going good, if you're in church and serving God, and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to get confirmation about things, but when you start taking away the devotion you have, you're just devoted to God every once in a while. You come to church just oh, whenever once in a while, and then you want to proclaim that you had a confirmation about God. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not with the God I know, because he, you know, my family may say, "Well, you're a fanatic." Well, Amen. Amen. Or they may say, "You're radical." Amen. I'm doing the best I can to be that. You can call it whatever word you want to, but amen. And I'm only a radical, I'm only a fanatic, because Jesus Christ has changed me to be that. Amen? And he says here in 31, Which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, not just just the Jews, but everybody in the world, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Now, I don't know if you pay attention to Israel or not, but you probably pay a little more attention to Israel. If you would go back and and study the the Israel, the land, just the ground and and the land about Israel, it was was pretty much a a land worth nothing. And the people were so scattered everywhere throughout the centuries, and now it's a a land that is prosperous. It's growing things that that could never be grown before. Water and the way they've done things and the medicine and the things that that the Jew people make. The Jewish people make for us is unbelievable. Just go do a little study on that. A lot of us live longer lives because of Jewish people that were blessed by God. He blesses the Jewish people. He blesses Israel. And we're to always back them up. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. And the glory of your people Israel. And the glory of God's people Israel is being seen today. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Marveled. And we often read how Mary would, would sit back and think about what was taking place. See, to Mary and Joseph, this confirmation from Simeon and Anna was a powerful thing. And when God gives me confirmation on things, it is not a shallow thing for me, it is a powerful understanding that I'm right where He wants me to be. Now, one of the issues we deal with is that we don't want to give up things that hinder that. Or we don't want to give up things that hinder that. What we do is we, we want to hang on to certain parts of our life. And God will surely understand. And that's where the fanatic and the radical and the cult and all this other stuff that people at the world want to claim because, because I have decided that even though I may still sin, I don't want to sin. I, I don't desire to sin. I don't desire to be undevoted to God. And so I do everything I can to keep close to God. And the world struggles to understand. I showed the clip at the very beginning of Art Link later back in the 60s. And at the end of that, you notice they were talking to just children. They, just children, they talked to them about the Word of God, the Bible. I can, I can almost guess that if you just grab some kids off the road today and you put them down and you start talking to them, they'll say funny things. And if you start asking them about God and Noah and the ark or, or Adam and Eve, they're just going to look up at you and say, what? What? As a church, we have an Opportunity. To turn society around. Amen. Amen. If we will be devoted. To the word of God. And quit worrying about what people think about us. I don't care any longer. I have peace. In my life. Not because of who I am. But because of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity that has taken over my life. Amen. Brings me great peace. And the challenge for your week is let your heart, Brooke, come on up, let your heart be tender. And I use that. If, you're not, if you get my messages through the week, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I love sending them out. I send them out Tuesday through Friday. If you want a little short text message, I, I'll give me your phone number. You'll be on a group message or even email. I'll send you an email. I love sending those things out. And you'll get some of the sermons through that week because I'm working on it throughout the week. And, let, and one of the things I talked about was this tenderness of heart. And I thought, as as Mary and Joseph walked into that temple, they could have saw people, sometimes you walk into the church and people are saying, I'm glad you're here today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's a nice day, yeah, 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 yeah. But what they ran into was a tenderness heart. They ran into people that were so devoted to God, they weren't worried about how the day looked. They were worried about God. The devotion they had for God. Amen? A tender heart. A tender heart. Oftentimes, as I go places, I I, 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 more times than not, I'm I'm usually not paying attention like I should, but when I when when my life is really secure and and I'm understanding and I'm devoted and everything's going really good, which I try, I try so hard, but one of the times, when that is happening, a a tenderness can come over me. And I'm kind of guided to people that, that i need to talk to and over the years it's been amazing the outcome of some of those things you know putting on a smile and not having a a baby heart i'm not talking about a baby i'm talking about a tender heart which means that you love people you're concerned with them you really are concerned with them they see it through your eyes They see it through the way you you handle your your hands and your arms and your your body. They see it when they're talking to you. You're not looking down. You're not turning away. They see a tenderness, and you're concerned with whatever is going on in their life. It can be complete strangers, and it usually is. Do you understand the blessing that you get out of that when you walk away? And not only that, it's not so much about you, but the blessing that you just gave to somebody else, it changes you. God can give you a tender heart not for harsh words but for words that lift people up and encourage them and changes them. Many years ago I walked into a hospital and was going to have something done. I probably told the story before. I was going to have a procedure done on my lungs. And I had been praying and reading the Bible and, and I walked up to this lady and I can't, I can't remember a whole lot about her. I think she was an African-American lady. Beautiful lady. But she had her head down and she was going to admit me. She was doing... And I, and I, I couldn't get her eyes to come up. And I kept praying under my breath. Lord, give me something to say to this lady. And she looked up finally and her eyes caught my eyes. I just started talking about God. I was going in to have surgery on some lung stuff and... All I could do was just tell her how devoted I was to God. She put her hands away from the keyboards. You could see her just welling up in the eyes. And as we sat there for a few moments, we forgot all about the hospital. We forgot all about her admitting me. And both of us together had a blessing from God. You know, I suspect one day I'll see you in heaven and I'll get into more of the story. But I know that morning, God asked me to have a tender heart to this woman. I have no idea what was going on in that woman's life. I just know that God asked me to have a tender heart. I could have been concerned with the surgery I was getting ready to go through. I could have been concerned with a lot of different things. And I probably was. But not more concerned than what God was asking me to do at that moment people want blessings that is a blessing that is a blessing it's not stuff it's not stuff people it's being a communication with God so clearly that you're not guessing whether or not you should talk to somebody but that you know just open up your mouth with a smile let them see your tenderness and speak of our Lord. You'll be amazed. I mean, you'd be, you'd be so amazed of how many people want to hear it. It's, it's not just little girls and little boys and, and women. It, it, it is women, men. It's, it's men that look like you don't even look oh, I'm scared to talk to them. They want to hear it if God is is putting a pressure upon your heart, no matter where you're at, to go, stop where you're going, to turn and have a tender heart towards somebody, you go. Amen? You go. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit will give you words. He'll give you a tenderness that you never knew you even had. You don't have to understand what your first word is because God will give it to you. He will. You want blessed this Christmas? And you want to bless others? Start with a tender heart. And if you don't have it, then get on your knees and pray until God gives it to you. He's just waiting on you. Let your heart be tender. Your life be obedient. And your devotion to Jesus complete. And you, as you proclaim that Christ is blessed born. Amen? Let's stand. As we do every Sunday. There's Brooke. I'm looking for Brooke. She's back in the corner. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if He's your salvation, would you please come and and join with Him and just spend time with Him. If there's things, if your heart has not been tender this week and you know it, well, I, I think He's allowing you to know that so you can have a tender heart with Him. God can change you completely, but you must seek Him and He will be found. You come, enjoy the Lord today. If He is your Savior, come and enjoy the Lord today.